0: Hey, this is Bruce Boudreaux, and you're listening to Empty Betters with Nick Mack and Harrison. morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 144 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Schultz. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host, Nick Manella. We missed you last week, buddy. Thanks for coming back. Yeah, man. It's good to be back. I missed you guys, too. Uh, hopefully, you know,
1: I saw the vibes were still high, um, but I hate to bring the IQ points down with my return here today. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll get through it, man. But uh, happy to be back.
0: Are those new skates behind your head, or have those always been there? I, yeah, I did remember. a little
1: uh, little improvement to the studio here, put the skates up, um, got Jason Spez's stick in the background, and then uh, I have my copy of Enema of the State over my shoulder, of course. So uh,
0: yeah, looking good here. Yeah, the background's looking spicy. I like it. Now I'm going to toss it across the screen to my other co-host up in Wisco, who's been in Wisconsin farmland all day, Mac Vogel. What's going on, buddy?
2: Moo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what's up how's it going yes i've been
2: on a farm all day and i will be answering no further questions about that um yeah cool it's, uh, it's oh my god dude it it's been snowing here since like 6 a.m oh it's not god. even that cold but there's just like wet mud black shit snow everywhere <laughs> just like damp air and stuff like everywhere you're walking it's just like <laughs> like squidward oh walking god. you know the fucking like <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah it's kind of gross out but uh had a big bowl of soup i said it's a bad day to be a can of soup in wisconsin it on is. A day like today
1: because yeah yeah i it's, think we're probably we're flying a pretty off big soup podcast i would say uh, i would say so yeah. yeah it's uh like what soup did you have today
2: I had I actually kind of went for an oddball. I was at the store the other day and they had a sale on like every Progresso soup, like of any kind. I, I'm a big Progresso guy personally, <laughs> um, and there was one I hadn't tried before. It was like uh, spicy bean, corn, and lentil, or something like that, Ooh. like a veggie soup. And I was like, "Give it to me!" But it was nice. good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think Nick's a soup kind of store, so he's always yeah. Yeah. big. Nick, what's guy. your favorite store bought brand? Oh,
1: it's really hard. I You guys are going to clown me for this, but like Campbell's chicken noodle, I grew up on that. Like, it's really it's hard for me to beat that. Talking Progresso, their French onion, if you doctor that a little bit and then do the cheese and the bread on the top, I love a good French onion soup. Ooh, that ooh. one's
0: money. Damn, you're making me hungry now. Yeah. Um. Alrighty, well, that's enough soup talk for this podcast. But uh, before we get on with the episode, I think Mac has a question of the day i do i sure do um <clears throat> uh
2: so for the question of the day uh nick that's a massively large beer that is a really big beer speaking of which i'm gonna get a little little bit a little bit of that going too um, a little thinking yeah. juice so let me just take a sip here yeah. <laughs> um yeah the question of the day so if uh let me ask you guys this if you were to uh take a poll right if you were to take a poll um what kind of who who would who would uh who would you choose um if you were stranded on a desert island um Let me just take another
0: sip.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Now I just want to know where this is going.
0: There's I feel no, like we there's no question of the day. We could have stayed on the soup train. Maybe. We
1: could have. I mean, that
2: basically ended up being the question of the day. So True. I didn't. I didn't. I came up with nothing.
0: I right, went we'll with this. Have you ever gotten soup at a restaurant? And if so, what's the best one? Oh, have you ever gotten soup at a restaurant? Yeah, of course, absolutely. I don't get. I'm, I mean, I, don't, I feel like as a
2: side, like a lot of meals come with like a like a like a little cup of soup before your meal comes out or something what's like that. What's like one of your
1: favorites? If there's French onion at any sort of like nicer restaurant or steakhouse, I will absolutely go out of my way to get it. There's a uh, there's a good restaurant here called Ma Fisher's, and
2: uh, it used to be a twenty four seven diner before the pandemic, um, but. Uh, It's really good, and any entree you get comes with a little bowl of soup before your entree comes out, and usually I'll get the chicken dumpling one, and that one's really good. That sounds
1: really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fire. What are your thoughts on bread bowls? Got the little oyster crackers, too. So, like, I used to do the bread bowl thing, like, post-swim meat in the winter. That was amazing, because, like, I could destroy that, but I hate Panera. Oh, yeah, I'm not a big Panera guy either. Polarizing. I either shit myself or puke my brains out whenever I have Panera. I don't know. I just why. don't even know what to get. Like I, I, I used to get this one
2: panini at Panera. and Then they took it off the menu. And like, ever since then, I like everything I try. I'm, I'm just lukewarm on. I'm like, that was fine. But like, I don't need it.
0: Fellow friend of the program, Mark Cotoraro has very strong opinions on Panera. Um, Maybe next time he's on the program, we should ask him. He has uh. Quite quite the disdain for that establishment, we'll put it one, that he's way. He's got a strong opinion about something, really. <laughs> I know, right? Shocking.
2: Okay, one final semi-related question. Is chili a soup?
0: That's a good Shit. question. I got some brewing downstairs right now. Um, um no. I'm gonna say no as well.
1: Yeah, but like I agree, but then because if, if chili's a soup, then like pasta sauce, like a bolognese would be soup. Okay, that's fair. I think
2: I think like a bowl of pasta is closer to a salad than a soup. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I don't I can't put chili as a soup. I put it's like meat sauce a little bit like yeah. on pasta kind of. Okay, hear me out. Okay. Chili itself
1: is just a sauce. Yeah. Yes. Cuz you can put it on hot dogs. Chili is a condiment. A, yeah. Chili so, fries. So when chili you're dogs, eating a
2: bowl of chili, you are just eat, eating, eating a, a condiment, condiment basically. Yeah
1: i'm totally okay with that but like, yeah yeah
2: yeah. and you dress it with more condiments like sour cream cheese whatever
0: hot sauce you're putting condiments on a condiment that you made at home that you didn't think was a condiment condiment dinner wow the more you guys dismiss my brain is (laughs) sizzled at the moment so i'm sorry i've got farm brain so that's my excuse no it's okay i totally (laughs) understand um all right well now that you have uh, joined us on our cuisine talk for the day we will move on to some hockey news but before we do you know the drill this episode is brought to you by brackish life let's take a minute to talk about Brackish life if you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors then brackish life is perfect for you they have a wide selection of gear from uv shirts to hoodies and hats it's real bay apparel made by real bay people Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh, Brackish life. Just want to throw this in there while we're on topic. One last thing. Um, old sponsor of the program, Mortgage Wiz, David Fritz. Shout out to him. Good friend of mine still, obviously. Um, he is. He's friends with a guy who is, just started his own LLC in Maryland who does guided fishing tours. If you were interested, send us a DM. DM me privately um he's just started up so trying to help him out i've been texting with him a little bit today so um if you're interested in that give me a shout out and what uh what, uh, what kind of fishing are we talking guy. here anything that you want in the maryland area anything spanish mackerel rockfish trout you name it he does it so um books like three months in advance trying to help the guy out a little bit so give me a what shout. if i wanted to go fishing
2: for like a Bure salmon
0: Damn. You might have to go to Toronto for that one. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So that will, God damn it. That will lead us off with our first piece of news for this episode. Moose, uh, former leaf and Swedish hockey legend Bjorn Salmin receives a massive ovation in his return to Toronto in his battle with ALS. Uh, Daryl Sittler helped raise Salmin's arm to recognize the crowd. I'm really bad with names. I apologize, folks. Um, I did not get a chance to see this. I've been MIA for the last like five days. I'm catching up on everything. But Nick, did you have a chance to catch it?
1: I did. This was a great like pregame ceremony and ovation. And it was just great to see how both benches were really impacted by it. And I think the Leafs started an all Swedish lineup uh, for the puck drop as well. So
0: uh, that was just great to see. Wow. That's really cool. Um, Alrighty, moving on. We got the revenge tour, Jack Eichel. Strikes back in Buffalo with a hat-trick and a four-point night in Vegas's route of Buffalo in Buffalo. taunted the crowd a little bit on the hat-trick goal. Guys, I mean, I w- did I say hammer Buffalo? I think I did. I didn't, but I think I told you guys to. Yeah. That backfired big time. I'm, I'm kind think,
2: of like, a, I'm kind of mad about this one because uh, I forget what night it was, but it was a night where I was busy, wasn't wasn't home, wasn't able to watch any hockey. And I remember checking the score after and saw like the final score and how many goals there were. And I was like, I bet you I glad I a hattie. And I clicked it, and sure enough, and I didn't even get the cash
0: in. So that's a bummer.
1: It's weird because I think like coming into this game, a lot of us were still under the impression that Buffalo had won that trade
0: um yeah i mean peyton krebs has looked really good i'm trying alex to talk alex Tuck has looked really good buffalo looked really good they've kind of fallen off the wagon a little bit here but um yeah vegas and eichel they're looking pretty dangerous and eichel's all of a sudden top 10 in scoring so there you go
2: yeah he's looking he's looking dangerous
0: yeah um Moving on, we've got Marc-Andre Fleury. He made a 28-save shutout last week against the Seattle Kraken to snap their five-game winning streak. Why is that significant? That was Fleury's 72nd career shutout, which officially places him into 12th place all time in NHL history in shutouts. He's also third in NHL history with 526 career wins. I have no idea how close he is to first place in the shutout department all time, but being 12, I would think that he's probably got to be somewhere near top 10 at this point.
1: Wins is like, it's Marty
0: Broder and it's ridiculous, right? Yeah, there's no, he'll never catch that. Yeah. He'll never, I think he's still like over 100 away.
1: I didn't realize he was that high up with shutouts. That's really
0: impressive. Yeah. He's been at it long enough. I guess, uh, I guess it makes sense, but, uh, Moving on, we got good guy of the week. Uh, moving back to Buffalo, uh, Tage Thompson grabbed some headlines as fellow Bruins captain Patrice Bergeron took time to ask Thompson how his wife was doing following surgery to having cancer removed in 2019. They did it. I, I think it was the opening draw, like beforehand. There was a lot of media going around about how like Patrice was tapping his shin guards and like giving him props on how well he's been playing, and there was a lot of tummy stick accusations. Obviously. That got cleared, uh, real quick by the press. I think Patrice addressed that, so always nice to see, um, you know, things bigger than hockey kind of make their way to the rink and guys connecting and all that. So,
1: for sure, it says a lot about Bergeron,
0: yeah. I feel like he's got to be one of like everything you hear about him and just the way he carries himself. He seems like one of the stand up guys for sure, yeah, absolutely. Uh, just not their announcer. Um, okay, so. <laughs> Now we've got a standings update. Let's chat about some surprises and some disappointments so far. Uh, Obviously, the New Jersey Devils are the biggest surprise of the year. Me and Mac talked about that extensively last week. Uh, The Vegas Golden Knights, they are also one of the biggest surprises of the year. Mac and I talked about that extensively last week. So we're excluding those two from this list. But we've got the Winnipeg Jets in First place in the Central Division right now, a team that all three of us completely discounted in our preseason previews. And here not only are.
1: that, but they're they've got the same amount of points as the team in second place, the Dallas Stars, who we also completely discounted like going into this year. Just making yeah. us look so stupid.
0: Yeah, everything seems to be ass backwards at the moment.
2: I mean, that division. I think we're big on like St. Louis <laughs> and Nashville, who are currently feeding at the bottom of that division. So uh hockey is hard yeah
0: Yeah. and spoiler alert uh the preds and the blues will be discussed later in this segment but uh we've got the winnipeg jets at seven three and two in their last ten i have josh Morrissey on my fantasy hockey team so i'm seeing what this guy's doing on a nightly basis he is having a monster season and if he keeps this up and the jets can hang on to first place which i don't think they will but if they do I think Morrissey's putting his name in that Norse Trophy conversation. Maybe not actual nomination, but he should at least be mentioned. He'll be talked about for sure, because I think his start to the year has just been very impressive. Yeah, he's leading the team in points. He's got 15 points through 14 games so far. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois getting real feisty over the weekend uh, up in Calgary with the Slewfoots, um, with Blake Coleman. I mean, the whole team's kind of playing with fire right now. It's a little dangerous, I would say. And Connor Hellbook. I would be remiss if I didn't mention him. He's 7-3-1 and one on the season with a 2.08 GAA and a 9.35 save percentage. He looks lights out right now.
1: This is the problem with the Jets, man. It's like if he starts putting it together and they start stringing together some wins, they could very easily stay at the top of this division. Yeah,
0: It's like every year there's a threat to blow it up. And then we all sit here and we're like, well, if Connor Halbuck can play the way he's supposed to, and then there's such a there.
2: weird team because such you're right, they team. do this every year and they've never really been like dog shit, it seems. But well, no, I mean I guess they they had a couple bad years when they first made the move, but like more recently it seems that they just kind of float and either barely make it or barely miss as far as mm-hmm. the playoffs go. Conference and- finals in eighteen. Yeah, I mean that, that that year they actually looked dangerous, I thought. Yes. They, there's been a few years where like I was like, okay, they they've got some some big bodies and some goal scoring. I don't know. They they they've got some uh
0: they've got some pieces. I'll leave it at that. And if I don't um if I recall correctly, I think over the off season there was some, you know, questions about their leadership and some guys who wanted off the team like i think Shifley and Wheeler's name both got thrown in there and well
2: there was a lot of talk about how
0: the the locker room in general was like a nightmare or something
2: like that like i forget this is bad journalism but i forget where i read this but i remember seeing something that was like the chemistry in the jets locker room is an absolute mess after like late last season or something like that yeah, yeah but it
0: doesn't doesn't seem to be a problem so far so no, they look great, and uh, just keep an eye out for them. A, lot, a, a team that not a lot of people are betting and are usually at plus money, and they're hot right now, so um, capitalize while you can. Another team who's usually at plus money that's hot right now is the Seattle Kraken in their second-ever season. They've turned things around drastically since last year, it appears. They're currently third in the Pacific Division at 6-3-1 and one in their last 10. They had a five-game winning streak going into last week. As we mentioned earlier, Flurry snapped that and they've since lost two straight. I can't believe I'm asking this question right now, but uh, is Martin Jones back? Is he a good goaltender? Is he 26 man. Like, th- there's a
1: chance that this could happen. Like, there's a chance that this team could make the playoffs.
0: I definitely think so. Yeah. What are your guys' thoughts on Berkey just absolutely wrecking everybody and leading the team in points?
1: Like the one bright spot on my absolute dumpster fire <laughs> of a fantasy <laughs> hockey team right now. It is I, so bad. But I
2: went to your team mm. the other day to try to make a trade, and I was just like, I don't want any of this. So, so I figured
1: out the problem with that is you and I drafted – Like two halves of what would have been a complete hockey team because we draft the same way because we were in a fucking pissing match with (laughs) each other.
2: Like, oh, you're gonna take him, well, I'll take him, and then (laughs) neither of us ended up. I was gonna like,
1: do you want to do like a Cairo Bob Thomas one for one swap because they're both terrible right now? Yeah, honestly, I could
2: be down for something like that. We'll we'll talk later, but yeah, no, I I, I'm happy for Berkey. Obviously, the former Capital, um, doing well in Seattle. I love that. He's, he's kind of gotten a chance to like fully step into his shell as like a star player on a team is that's, what's happening right now in Washington. We all know he never really had a chance to, to break out into the, the type of player he can be Colorado. He got a little closer for sure. I think he was a big piece, uh, for them, but it just goes to show if you, if you move a guy like that to a team where there isn't already like a superstar, that's kind of overshadowing him, um, I think that's that's just a really good situation for him, where where he seems to be able to kind of lean into the the superstardom
1: that he's all uh, always had all along. It seems like. For sure, I think he's a guy that just really thrives on consistent top six minutes too. Like that was something he never got yes. with the Caps. He got a little bit of it with Colorado, but yep. it ended up just not fitting together. And then Harry, sort of like how the Penguins were with Rodriguez, I think he's kind of like that. Like I mean, that dude was a monster when he was playing with Malkin, but you know when you put mm-hmm. him on the third line, he's not going to shine as much.
0: Yeah, I, I I hear that. I'm trying to pull um, a. St- at here i believe if my computer wasn't so slow but i think the seattle kraken are like top five in power play if not like the top um they're up there for sure i'll have to definitely fact check that but There's
1: another really, really impressive team so far that I think has surprised a lot of us is the team that's ahead of the Kraken in the Pacific, and that's the Kings. I know you guys talked about this with Morgan, but I mean, they're the only other team in that division already above 20 points right now. They're five points behind Vegas, and they're 6-3-1 in their last 10.
2: Yeah, It's all all about the depth scoring on that team. That's what we talked with Morgan about. Trevor Moore, Gabe Velarde, a lot of those guys that... Um uh, they're guys that a lot like around the league people are not very aware of these dudes. They're not household names yet, but Gabe Villardi is all of a sudden top ten in goals. Yeah. In the they're putting in work. And it's and, like uh, a year ago, I don't even think I knew who that was.
1: Exactly. No.
0: No, and I didn't know who Trevor Moore was until I put like 10 units on him on a random Wednesday night to get over two and a half shots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, Seattle Kraken 11th in the league in power play. I apologize, uh, things have fallen off the rails, I guess, a little bit in the last week. Uh, let's move on to disappointments. Mac touched on it earlier. Two teams that we were super high on, one of them that I picked to go to the cup final, uh, the St. Louis Blues. They do not look good at all, they are currently. Last place in the Central Division, although I will give them credit, they have won three straight. Uh, Jordan Cairo on Nick's fantasy team, as he just alluded to, uh, he's really struggled this season. He only has six points in 15 games and just got that monster contract extension in the offseason. Tory Krug, Ryan O'Reilly, they've been really struggling this year as well. I don't think any of the Blues' top big guns is really clicking at the moment. And Bennington, I think this was the biggest question mark coming into the year. Uh, he's got a 3.07 GAA with a nine Oh four save percentage, not able to steal a game for St. Louis at the moment. What do you guys think this team needs to do to turn it around?
1: I'm going to call it right now. I think the Bennington experiment is over. It's time to move on. Oh, it, it, like he got you a Stanley cup, but since then
0: Matt Murray 2.0, exactly. Here's the thing, though, And that's I a great like...
1: analogy for it.
2: I feel like it's too late, though, because they already like they, what the problem they is. Him. They got rid of who they paid. Him. That, that's the issue here. They fucked up. They they yes. did. It, it's Matt Murray is a great, uh, great comparison, because like with Pittsburgh, they had a choice too. obviously that was a little more of like, a, oh, we're going to go with the younger guy and not flurry. But the the comparison point here is they chose the wrong guy. Basically, they yes. kept the wrong guy uh, and they're regretting it big time because who so is. Uh,
1: starting goalie yeah. NHL, and he He's good. an A1 starting goalie right now. Yeah,
0: And I think even worse is that not only did they keep Bennington, they paid him. I think he's on contract for like another four, three or four seasons. At this isn't point. he making like a ridiculous amount of money too? I, I think he was like a six by six deal, if I'm not mistaken, which for a goaltender is a yeah. decent chunk of change. Um, so, I yeah. think a, a great telling point right now,
1: just looking at these standings, is that the Chicago Blackhawks and the Arizona Coyotes – are ahead of the St. Louis Blues in this division. And that, if you're a Blues fan, should just make you absolutely lose your mind the other day i saw a graphic on instagram
2: that was like um it just had uh the the logos of all five nhl teams that are like the worst in the league right now and it was like who would you most want to see Connor bedard play for and it had those five logos and the blues was one of them and i was like you gotta be kidding like this is just insane yeah the fact that they're this bad that they're like in the bedard sweepstakes at the moment like now do i expect them to like be in the bottom five by the end of the year probably not i'm sure they'll find a way to get at least somewhat out of the weeds
1: there but it's just funny it's It's, i mean it is funny because we all thought this team was like set for another deep playoff run It'll also be interesting to see
2: like what happens with a guy like Tarasenko, right? Because remember, he was so big on wanting to get out of there. And then all of a sudden they kind of pieced it together and he was playing well and the Blues were playing well. And he was like, you know what? No, I'm good here. I don't want to I don't want to leave anymore. And now they suck. And it makes me wonder, is is his name going to start to resurface
1: in trade rumors again? If we have to hear about Tarasenko to the Islanders for like the next six months (laughs) again, I'm going to lose it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Let me ask you this. If things continue, what do you think happens first? Barube getting canned or a roster move? I mean, I've seen some Ryan O'Reilly trade rumors as well. Yeah, he has not looked at there? all. What did you say, Matt? How long has Barube been there now? I'm I not sure. I think his first season was their cup year, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, it was. Then I... then I could definitely see that being the move. It's been long enough that I think that that wouldn't be out of the question.
1: I feel and, like a, a mid-season coach firing is also a little bit more likely than a significant roster move at this point in the season. Yeah. Now, if we're into like January or February, I could see that happening a little bit more. But just to me, in, in most cases,
2: I feel like the mid-season coach fire in a position like this is, is a last-ditch effort to try and be like, can we still make anything out of this season versus the roster move is more of like a fuck you, we're done, blow it up, like pack yep. it in. Let's just focus on next year pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think the Blues are willing to give up that quickly on this season.
0: That would be my hypothesis. People forget, too, that cup year. They were dead last at the All-Star. I think it was like the All-Star break. They and were. They just flipped the switch. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Barube might have been a mid-season hire, too. He was. So um yeah, because
2: that season they were so fucking bad that's right was they that were, hitch they were, uh i think so
0: or mike yo i don't know i can't remember. Maybe. i think, I think
2: I, it was hitch but they were in last place in the whole league in like january right and then yeah. they turned it around yeah. with Binner and won the cup so i
0: mean what happened time. with the pens in 15 16 Name people forget Mike Johnston coached the team for like a year and a half. Yeah. It was awful. Oh my God. The guy with the coconut head haircut. <laughs> yeah. And then he got, and then he got hand for Sully. Thank God. What a total one eighty. Um, All right. Moving on to the next team. That is a disappointment so far this season, the Nashville predators. They're in second to last place in the central division at the moment. Nick's favorite player in the world to rag on Ryan Johansson. It's been very underwhelming to mildly uh five goals and three assists in 15 games played so far and this is the biggest surprise on this team for me UC Soros is hurting like very badly at the moment this is a
1: team with like a minus 11 goal differential and if you told me that going into the year at this point in the season I would have been like no they have Soros I don't think the defense is all that terrible but
0: no I I think we said they had one of the best defenses in the league and like you know don't get me wrong, Johansson's had his struggles, but last year he was really good, and so was Duchesne, um, and that was really helping them, but Soros just can't seem to get it together. He's 4-6-1 and one on the year so far with a 3.22 GAA and a nine oh one save percentage. What do you think needs to happen in Nashville to turn this around? Number one center. This team still does not have a
1: number one center, and that is by far and away the biggest problem. Uh, their centers going down the middle right now are Yuso Parsonen, Ryan Johansson, Mark Jankowski, and Colton Sissons. Yeah. Yeah. You you nailed it. That's the problem.
0: And I think, uh, you know, Philip Forsberg still doing his thing, but everybody else, it just kind of seems like mm, it's not all there right now. So
2: Forsberg is playing well. Granlin and Duchesne have had, you know, moments of like, okay, that's not too bad
0: but
1: and it's also kind of been like that for the last two three years
0: yeah I feel like last year was a weird one where Johansson and Duchesne just went off but any other than that year I feel like they haven't really done much for the Preds no I think we all thought they were gonna this
1: team was gonna be like back this year like going back to like what was it 17 Harry against the Penguins in the I kind of
0: wanted them to be back I thought it'd be fun but yeah In hindsight, remember when the the Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson trade, everyone was like, this is one of the biggest trades in NHL history. And now it's like, oh, never mind. Yep. So anyways, uh, Nick, I know you want to touch on some of the college hockey updates. I will let you handle this segment.
1: Yeah, college hockey has been kind of crazy these past few weeks. We've had some monster upsets. Uh, You know, I've got my Sparty tarp on here. Uh, They knocked off. Ohio, number 10, Ohio state in back-to-back games last weekend, Penn state knocked off number one, Michigan love to see that. That's absolutely hysterical. Uh, Notre Dame then beat Michigan and then Minnesota beats Penn state. So people are falling left and right. There's some huge, huge games this week. Uh, if you guys are around and get a chance to watch them number two and number three, Minnesota and Michigan are going to play Thursday and Friday. That's going to be at six and six 30 on Thursday and Friday. Uh, number seventeen, Sparty, and number six, Penn State, are going to play Friday and Saturday. Notre Dame and Ohio State are going to play Friday and Saturday, and this one should be awesome. Northeastern and BU are going to play Friday and Saturday, and those games are going to be on ESPN wow. Plus. Those are uh, those should be nice and friendly, right?
0: Exactly, no hitting <laughs>
2: whatsoever.
1: Yeah,
0: this is uh. Didn't we talk about the college hockey fighting debate two episodes ago? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that'll be revisited after these matchups, but we'll see. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I have a feeling that those uh, BU
1: and Northeastern players are probably going to need to hit an ice bath just to like numb themselves afterwards. And then probably after the ice bath, they might want to do a light jog on the treadmill with some cane footwear for some rest and recovery. Um, So if you haven't heard, Kane is changing the game by providing a unique shoe focused on recovery while being made from sustainable materials. The Kane Revive is made with bounce back foam created from Brazilian sugar cane, a renewable resource. Kane helps reduce greenhouse gases by capturing CO2 as it grows. Kane's unique bounce back foam provides the ideal balance of cushioning and support to help the body renew. Head to the link in our bio today to get a pair of the most comfortable shoes you will
0: ever own nice what, what a transition there you know i do what i can no you, you did a great job just oh, thanks there yeah uh i think these guys could use some recovery too although i don't think cane footwear is really going to help that much uh patrick linea he will be out the next three to four weeks with a sprained ankle thomas shabbat will be out at least a week with a concussion jake muzzin is out indefinitely with a cervical spine injury that one hurts uh Zach Wierenski is out for the rest of the regular season for the Jackets. That basically is the nail in the coffin for them. Uh, Matt Murray is set to return to play the Pens tonight as we're recording this. We'll see how that will age. Mac said it's a revenge game against the Penguins. I said it's a revenge game against Matt Murray, so we'll see. <laughs> Do you know what the score is? No, I don't. What is it? 2 nothing lease after one. Live well, I bet the Pens. Um, <laughs> Teddy Bluger back to the Pens lineup. Uh, tonight, as we're losing 2-0 to the Leafs, so that's great. Uh, and now we'll talk about the suspension that came over last week with the Caps' newly acquired player. I'll let you guys chat about this one.
1: Yeah, so Nick Obey-Kubel gets three games for an illegal check to the head uh, against Tampa Bay. I don't remember who the player was. Uh, first things first. I think it was Cal Foot. I think that sounds right. Uh Yeah. Totally agree with the suspension here. I was thinking one game, but after watching it a couple times, all right, I get the three games. It's the kind of hit that the NHL is trying to make an example of. So
2: it totally makes sense. Um, yeah, I was kind of with you. I, I was expecting one, maybe two, the fact that it's three, it's not really that different. Um, I think that also has to do with the fact that, uh, Mr. Abe Kubel does have a little bit of a history of these kind of hits. So uh, I know he's been suspended in the AHL a couple times. I'm not totally sure about the NHL, but I believe he has. Um, it just sucks, though, because the Caps have a f- bunch of injuries and we need everyone that we can get. And the fact that he kind of joined the team to plug in for those injuries was awesome. And I thought he looked really good in the first, like, two and a half games he played. I think I was literally texting you guys how much I loved his playing style, like five minutes before he laid that hit. So uh
1: yeah, I was at his first game uh, against the Oilers with the caps a, and he's a and good he four great. checker. Yeah. He, oh he yeah.
2: Skates like a bat out of hell, just flies around, works hard. So, you know, I'm hoping that uh he'll still be a part of the lineup when he comes back, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's a rough hit for sure. He deserved the suspension.
1: Yep. Couldn't agree more. you know, turn that mic on. Nick, did you hear something?
0: I just completely <laughs> talked with myself on mute. Uh let's move on to the gambling segment uh that's brought to you by our sponsor SharpRank. And let's take a moment to talk <laughs> about SharpRank. Uh this
2: season all of our picks are brought to you by SharpRank. SharpRank created the first ever cross-sport rating system where uh they rank betters on a leaderboard that anyone can dominate, even you firing from the hip here, boys. That was pretty good, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> quick, uh, though? Uh, we are not
1: point out that the Washington Capitals are in another five on five brawl with the yeah. other Florida yeah. teams.
0: So. I'm seeing
2: that. Are, so. they, are you uh, serious right now? Yeah. 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 Literally, okay. Garnet Hathaway is like beating the pulp out of Alexander Barkov <laughs> right now. So,
0: out of Barkov? Yeah.
1: Um, Damn. Looks anyway, like a clean hit by Eller on Verhage, and then it just went south from there. So you should get sharp rank and you can go on there and there's
2: prop bets and there's like Garnet Hathaway to beat the pulp out of Alex Barkov, and you can pick that and then you can brag to your friends that you were right about it.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Uh, we are not dominating the leaderboards right now. Just want that out not, there, but we will be soon. Hopefully one of us has got to get hot soon. Like, yeah, how's the uh, how's the league looking right now, boys?
2: We just need to pick, we all just need to pick a different thing every night that contradicts
0: each other, like <laughs> yeah, teams that and- <laughs> are playing each other, because then we can't all lose. Can't lose. Right. I know, right. I I picked the Sabres to win, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to be ballsy. I'm going to put one play out. Like, I don't need three or four, play. I'm going to do one play. They're losing 3-1 to the Canucks Yeah, in the first period. Um, looking good shots. Well, let's touch on that right now. This segues perfectly. So the Vancouver Canucks, they are the best team to bet the over on so far this season. They have hit the over 10 out of their 15 games so far. Uh, that is by far the best team in the NHL right now. The Ducks and the Flames are the other two best teams to bet the over on this season. That comes from us, uh, from our friend, The Daily Over. I would also like to mention, if you're into first period bets, the Vancouver Canucks are the Best first period over team to bet on this season as well. Uh, I think it's hitting at like 58 or 60 percent when I looked this morning, but uh, just hit again against the Sabres so you can jack that up again. Uh, and then contrary, the Winnipeg Jets, they are the worst team to bet the over on this season. So if you're a guy who likes to sweat out three periods of hockey because you're a psychopath uh, and you like to bet unders, then the Jets are your team. Uh the under is nine, two, and two so far this season. So they are definitely locking it down defensively. That could be uh, a good
1: like hangover cure, you know, Sunday. Like you wake up, you blacked out the <laughs> night before. Out. Instead of going into the sauna, you just flip on the Jets and just, you know, pray to God they don't score.
0: Wow. Uh yeah. I I don't like to watch my games where I bet the under. I do it sometimes, but I don't like it's the... not fun it's not like, fun at all yeah. betting the under first of all is not fun uh
1: and then having to sit there and watch a hockey game and pray for no scoring is not fun
0: yeah that's one of those times where if i do it i just check the app like once every hour and check. yeah yeah
1: you just want
2: them to play the whole game in the neutral zone like as soon as soon as they go yeah. into either zone you're like no, no no go back that way but not too far that way go back
0: <laughs> nick didn't did you have the over in the sabers canucks game tonight is that what you told me i them? did smart man
1: Yeah, Um, looking
0: good so far, but there's still time for them to fuck that up. Sticking with, well, actually, the don't forget, the Canucks blow every two-goal lead. Live bet King-Mac. I like that. Um, Sticking with the Buffalo theme, Rasmus Dahlin shot on goal props. Uh, He's usually at around two and a half. Uh, Against a bad team, you might get get him at three and a half. He's averaging over five shots a game in his last five games. So Rasmus Dahlin shot on goal props. He should be hammering the overs as of right now. Uh, same thing for Jack Hughes. Uh, you can usually find his over at like three and a half. That's hit in five of his last seven. A plus quote by him the other day. Did you guys see that? I I I didn't turn my sound on because I was on like I was at the airport. But what did he say? Someone asked him
1: like it was one of those questions that the media you know asks that makes me want to throw up. You know, it's just like a really really dumb and stupid question in my opinion. Like. What can you guys work on better? And he was just like, well, we're on a nine-game heater, so I would say we're doing pretty good.
0: He said heater? Yeah. (laughs) I love that. That's great. (laughs) Um, um, Connor McDavid over one and a half update because, as you know, that's like the bailout for this podcast. It's hit nine of 16 times this year. That's good enough for a 57% hit rate. Uh, Dean, if you're listening, you'll like this one. The Islanders, they're 8-2 and in their last 10 right now. You can still get them at a good price in the money line. Like honestly, if they're taking on like the Rangers or the Devils, uh you can usually get them at plus money at the moment and their first period under is my secret to NHL gambling this season. Yeah. That first period under has hit in 12 of their 17 games so far. That is a That's got to be one of the highest percentage bets in hockey at the moment. And
2: usually it's like under one and a half for like plus 110. I don't
0: know
1: why Vegas Vegas hasn't caught on to that one. I think a a great stat for the Islanders right now is their goal differential is plus 14. That's a team that typically has not scored a ton. They've picked it up a little bit this year, but what that's telling you is that they're keeping the puck out of their own net
0: yeah absolutely the wild and the panthers uh they're another two teams who you should keep your eye on for first period unders both of those teams have had that hit three times in a row has the caps first period ended yet or no yeah and it was only one nothing so so the under hit again Mm -hmm. yeah so that's four in a row there you go um you guys got anything else to add are you good like the metro just needs to chill but yeah other than that i'm good Yeah, for real. Uh, Three stars of the week, Miko Rantanen, number one, Linus Allmark, number two, Adam Fox, number three, per NHL.com. Let's move on to a little State of the Union. I know our two teams played each other last week. I would love to talk about that, but I'll let you guys start with the Caps. Okay. Um,
1: (laughs) First of all, while suffering through not only the Caps getting absolutely like ass blasted by the Tampa Bay lightning on Sunday night. I had to sit there and listen to Steve Levy attempt to call a hockey game. And I wanted to kill myself. He's awful. Like, and you could tell, like I love Ray Ferraro and I think Ray Ferraro is absolutely one of, if not the best between the glass reporters in the game. He was just like, so frustrated with it. But I thought Ray made some great points about how bad the injury situation is in DC right now. So I think it goes without saying that the Caps are missing their two best players. They're missing Tom Wilson and Nicholas Backstrom. Any way you want to slice it, those two are probably the most pivotal players in that lineup, but they're also missing the entire right half of their forward core because Wilson's out. Oh, out. And Brown's done for the year. You just can't replace that. And you can't make that up. And they try to
2: replace it with like, Nick Kubel and Sonny Milano and then one of them gets suspended and then they're like, okay, well, how about Connor McMichael? And he's just exactly. so, so clearly not a winger. And you know, maybe if we had a center that was hurt, he would be helpful, but we don't. So it doesn't really help. And yeah, it's a mess. And I, I will second what you said. I love how brutally honest Ray Ferraro is. There was a point, <laughs> there was like one point during the first period of that lightning game where we just looked like it was i mean i can be dramatic about the caps but like it seriously was maybe the worst period of hockey i i've seen the caps play in like a decade or something like that like it was it was it was insanely bad and at one point ray Ferraro just just like he was trying to like comment on how the caps weren't playing very well and like sugarcoat it and then he goes
1: They just haven't they just haven't been very good tonight at all. Yeah, like you could tell he's like, what the fuck is going on? And it's just he made another great point saying that like, you know, the caps are not gonna be the team that everyone has been used to for the last ten years where they come out and they score five or six goals a game. That's just not gonna happen anymore. This is a team that needs to win games by scoring three goals max.
2: Well, and he also made a good point on that same on that along those same lines of uh, we let in the first goal of the game in the first like two minutes or something like that. I think less even it was like a minute and a half. And as soon as that happened, he mentioned that he was like, well, this is not a good sign for the Caps already who have had some trouble scoring goals. It's going to be and, and especially against Vasilevsky. He was like, it's going to be hard for them to to come up with like three totals. So the fact
1: that they're down with one, they're down one nothing already is Not good. Yeah. After that first period, you're essentially looking at that, going into the locker room being like, fuck, we got to beat this guy four times if Mm -hmm. we want a chance at winning this game now.
2: Yeah. And that's just a tie just for a chance. Exactly. And that means we can't let in anymore. So and and things are not going well tonight. We're already losing two to nothing. So more
1: of the same. I mean, we talked about this. The last thing I'll say about the caps is we talked about this at the beginning of the year. These injuries were a problem. We knew that coming in. Could they stay afloat in this division to get through the Christmas break into January while still being right on the playoff cusp? And as of right now, that is absolutely not the case at all. It's feeling less and less likely, and I know we touched on how the Caps have a really tough schedule
2: right now, and, and they're in the throes of that, so that's that's not helping, so, you know, it's a little little hard to call it right now, but, um, yeah, I mean, they gotta find a way to win some of these games, it's that simple. Absolutely. How would you guys agree to Ovi so far? I think he looks pretty good for the most part. I mean it, yeah. it's tough when he's playing with like a different winger a lot of nights. Like it'll be him and Koozie and Sherry. They've tried him, Koozie, and Milano. They've tried him, Koozie, and Mantha. Like they
1: had him, Koozie, and Protus at one point.
2: Yeah. It so I think that's not helping because he's so used to just like O V Koozie Wilson. Like and, and it or he really Oshi. Yeah. But he really needs that guy on that right wing to like create space for him it was funny he he had an interview recently i think uh i want to say it was with tark um but uh they asked him if he could play with anyone or no they said with crosby that's what it was uh who would he I play with who what like who would be his winger and he said donald breshear because he knows he needs somebody that can create space for him <laughs> and uh yeah they're they're missing wilson bad in, in that regard so Uh, To answer your question, I think he's been good, but I think the the injuries have affected his play, and that's unfortunate.
0: Yeah, Um, I mean, I I don't know. I just I I found it weird that his name wasn't like top ten in goals when I was just doing research. It's like the I feel like that never happens.
1: I think he's got like I don't know eight nine something like that. I think that's also something that Caps fans are just going to have to get used to. Like this is not 2010. This is not 2012. Like he's not going to have. I think that the days of him having 50 a season are probably not there anymore. I mean, last year he got, what, exactly 50, I think? Or close to, or he had like the, the two previous seasons where he had like 48 and 49 or something. I'm
2: pretty sure he had 50 exactly last year, and that was miraculous, honestly. Yes. Um, I if you're t- If you're looking at the record and you're doing the math, it would be sick if he could get like at least 30 this year would be huge
1: if he could somehow get like 40 or more. But I think who, like the, the, the big 30. focus for this year, and I think it will happen, is just passing Hal.
0: Yeah. Getting, That'll happen soon. Yeah, he'll getting get, over the 802 threshold. He'll get 30. I mean, we're we're not even a fifth of the way through the year and he's already got eight. So I mean, Yeah, I mean,
1: if... the game I was at against the Oilers where he had that power play goal, the second that thing was on his stick, I was like, this is absolutely going upstairs, back of the net, no one's touching this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well... Um, I don't know. Sounds like the vibes are down in DC right now, but it's early. It's early. Not rooting for you guys, but it's early. Um, <laughs> moving on to Pittsburgh. Uh finally snapped that nasty 7 game losing streak against the Washington Capitals last Thursday, I believe, or Tuesday, whichever. Wednesday, I can't remember. Um, that was a great game. Jeff Carter came back, looked great. Uh, he definitely helps the bottom six. I think he gets a lot of shit on Penn's Twitter, and I really don't know why. Uh, he doesn't score 20 goals a year. He doesn't have to. That's not really his role. He's doing his job, and he's doing a good job of that. Uh, The one guy I want to give props to, because I could talk on and on, but the one guy who's really making a difference for this team, Jason Zucker, has been unreal this season so far. Uh, it's finally nice to see him healthy. Uh, he's got 12 points, four goals, and eight assists. In 13 games. He's also got a point tonight against Toronto. Holy jumping. It's three to two already. Uh, that's wild. And this is a uh, guy that was kind of on over your sh- in that
1: game, so thank god. <laughs> <laughs> this was a guy that was on your shit list for a while, right, Harry?
0: Yeah, I this was like my Nick Bukestad 2.0 because the guy never played, and I was like, Ooh, he just that's doesn't rough. Play. It is rough, and I know he's better, but um I love the way Zucker plays when he was in the lineup against the Rangers last year in the playoffs it was a noticeable difference he just brings such a force like he just forechecks like a Tasmanian devil so it's good to see him healthy but yeah he's got 18 points now on the year uh and he looks great I mean he he's carrying that second line with Malkin so I hope that um you know they can keep that going Malkin's leading the team in points everybody wrote him off at the start of the year he's got more than Crosby right now like it's just crazy. So you mean Shrek? Yeah, Shrek. <laughs> uh, mouth breather. Yes. So the pens look the pens look okay. I mean, they beat Toronto right after Washington, and then they got a point up in Montreal. So they've got a three-game point streak. They are playing the Maple Leafs as we're talking about this. And the last I saw it was three to two halfway through the game. So we'll see. Um upcoming schedule. Uh, they've got the Leafs tonight, like I've said, and they've got a three-game road trip before our next recording. Uh, they've got mini on Thursday, Winnipeg on Saturday, and Chicago on Sunday. Two tough games, and then hopefully an easy game. But I will tell you this: I can't remember the last time the Penguins won a game in Chicago. It's I probably was like ten years old.
2: I also don't have the stats on it, but I feel like Chicago's been playing well at home this year. Like they they yeah. won a couple of games that they shouldn't have.
1: I mean, they yeah. shouldn't win most games. So they have not, our number but...
0: historically. <laughs> they got like,
1: spanked. Uh like a couple nights ago against Carolina. I think we had um mm-hmm. a good friend of the program, Corey, had boots on the ground for that one. Uh he said that it was like a last minute purchase, but it looked like they had a sick time at the game uh until the Hawks started throwing the
0: puck away. But yeah. Uh so that'll wrap it up for State of the Union. One last note, Nick, I think you wanted to touch on this since you are the soccer guy uh, on the podcast. For sure. We have a huge sports betting
1: event coming up, guys. Like, have you ever wished for March Madness, but like right before Christmas time? Well, the World Cup starts next Sunday. So this is going to be a lot of fun. It's over in Qatar this year. That means we're going to have games at 5 a.m., 8 a.m., 11 a.m., and 2 p.m., all those times Eastern. So you can bet during the day while you're at work. We're going to have someone uh, coming on the show here shortly to talk about soccer. He writes for MLS.com. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. So uh, be sure to tail us on SharpRank and on Twitter because we're going to be putting out some soccer bets for you guys to make some money while you're at work.
0: Not a soccer guy, but anytime you can get like big sports events on in the morning, I am all for it. So this is going to be fun and I'm going to learn more about soccer in the next like months than I ever have in my life. It's like,
1: and this is like a great event to like, you know, sort of how like the masters is on and like you throw it on at work and like you're half paying attention to it. This is a, the perfect way to do that. Like you just kind of throw it on. Maybe you've got like one AirPod in listening to the audio or something. And then you, you look over whenever the announcer raises their voice pretty much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for sure. Um, All right. Well, that will wrap it up for episode 144. Appreciate y'all for listening. Uh, If you guys don't have any final notes, then we'll get out of here. Yeah, I think I'm good. All right. Thanks everybody for the love and support and, uh, holy crap. I just had a brain fart. And without further ado, class dismissed.